by having our faculty engaged in faculty-led programs is really bringing along students that would have never taken a pause for a semester to go do a study abroad experience. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of World Strides inaugural podcast, Changing Lives Through Education Abroad, a weekly series of conversations with international education's most interesting thought leaders, as well as discussions on emerging trends, best practices, and innovation happening in our field. I'm your host, Zach McKinnis, Senior Director of Campus Partnerships here with World Strides, and I'm so excited about today's episode. We'll be talking about innovative ways to empower faculty to lead programs that create life-changing moments for our students. I'll be joined by my friend, Ashley Nyer. Ashley is Director of the Office of Education Abroad at the University of Alabama, Birmingham. You do not want to miss this episode. Ashley, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Zach, for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Could you start by describing your role at UAB to us? I am the director of the Office of Education Abroad, and I also oversee our passport office. So it's a multifaceted role, but primarily I'm focused on all international travel for students at UAB and more so focused on promoting international education experiences and developing new programs strategically for UAB students. Fantastic. So it sounds like you have a little bit going on overseeing the passport office as well as education abroad. Yeah. And so I am absolutely fascinated by the UAB Faculty Fellows and Education Abroad Initiative. I would love for you to tell us about this program and how it came about. So in 2019, my colleagues in service learning and undergraduate research came to me and said, have you thought about doing a faculty fellows program? And I said, well, what is it? And they sat down and they discussed on service learning and undergraduate research, how they work with faculty across campus to develop courses for students using best practices. And I don't think they were two sentences in and I I said, stop, we're doing this. Why? Yes, this is perfect for our faculty at UAB. When I arrived at UAB, I quickly realized that faculty-led programs were very underrepresented in our portfolio. We were only running six faculty-led programs for an institution our size. I felt like that was very small and wanted to strategically grow the programs. And so when I learned about our campus colleagues doing their faculty fellows programs, I said, what a better way to create a pipeline, a strategic growth pipeline to build these programs. And so I sat down and immediately started thinking about what would I want our faculty to learn? What do I always think our faculty as practitioners, I always think our faculty should know all of the nuanced risk management, budgeting, marketing, but they don't because they're professionals in history. They know more about history than I do, and they can teach the academics, but they don't necessarily know how to teach or how to market their programs, how to budget for their programs, how to design the itinerary. And so I sat down and started putting together 
a list of things that I would want our faculty to know that our faculty desire to know. That was the other part is the faculty want the toolkit. And so essentially designed this program to be the tools to go into their toolkit for building programs. That's fascinating. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I love how you, you know, tapped into an existing infrastructure at UAB to build this. So maybe you could walk us through the life cycle of a faculty fellow. Like, what, is, what does that look like from uh, a faculty member's like, uh, initial beginnings with this program to actually you know, stepping on a plane with students? What does it look like for a faculty member? Generally, a faculty will express interest um, in the fellows. And you know, maybe they've been through the service learning one and they've mentioned they want to do an international service learning. And immediately my service learning colleagues pull me in. And we start those discussions of you really need to do the education abroad faculty fellows or campus members across across the way will say, hey, I know someone who's very interested or our new faculty that have been recruited have been informed about our education abroad faculty fellows and want to bring a program from another institution and realize it's different at each institution. So I want to go through this fellowship to understand how it works at UAB to be able to promote the best program. So Generally, it starts with them coming in, meeting with me, talking about an initial concept. A lot of times I get faculty, they'll say, I want to lead a program, but I just don't know how. I don't know what the first steps are. And I say, come meet with me. Let me tell you about the faculty fellows program. We always accept applications in the spring semester. And then we run the program in the academic year following. Um, We do six meetings a year that are two and a half hour long meetings. So they take dedicated time on a Friday afternoon to come in and really focus on their program and developing their program. And my goal is every time they walk out, they have another tool to start building the proposal. So ideally throughout this fellowship, they're building their faculty-led program. So that when we conclude at the end of the academic year, they're ready to submit the proposal for consideration into the next academic year's faculty-led program. Um, And so it really works well to give faculty a stair-stepped way into launching a program, gives them time to start talking with students ahead of launching their program that, hey, Next year, I'm going to have this faculty-led program. You guys should really consider it, and students can start planning in advance. Yeah, I love how you described it as stair-stepping for the faculty members, because it makes it seem, you know, so much more manageable. Because sometimes at the outset, where do I get started is often a question I'm I'm asked by faculty, and I'm I'm sure you have as well. Yes. Uh, (laughs) And so I think you mentioned that you have, is, is it six meetings over the course of a year? Yes. What are the topic areas of those six meetings? I sat down and thought about in the field, what do we really want our faculty to know? What are the tools that they're not professionals at? And so we start with the tools that they are professionals to really reinforce the skills that they bring into the program. So we start by focusing on the academics and integrating that into an existing course, looking at how they can propose a new course at the university giving them also the historical data of UAB education abroad and how it compares to the field to give them that mindset of what are we already doing and what can we do more of. Then we move into, I like to call it 
high-impact practice engagements within faculty-led programs. So looking at how can we incorporate service learning? How can we incorporate research abroad? How can we incorporate the internships abroad into these programs? How can we do some virtual learning in these faculty-led programs? And so getting faculty to open their mind that it's not just a study abroad program that can occur. We can do all these other components and aspects really gives the faculty a good foundation. That's what we spend our first three meetings on getting them reinforced that they know what they're doing. They're the experts in the content. Then we move into risk management and mitigation and where the value of working with partners occurs, looking at the financial, how to create a budget, how to think of all the unknown circumstances and how we can support them in that budget creation, as well as what scholarships are available and how can they design their program to market towards the scholarships that could be available to their students. And then last but not least, we close out with how to market their program because one faculty out of all of my faculty leading programs is a marketing professor. The rest of them are not. And we teach them what the pipeline looks like and how do you go out and recruit without saying, I'm sorry, because those are always the first words our faculty say are, I'm sorry, it costs so much, but it doesn't. When they look at the value that they're bringing to the program, we teach them to shift that mindset and really recruit from a positive standpoint, from a professional and academic standpoint. And it really shifts that marketing focus for the faculty. You know, I really like that. It's truly a toolkit, right? Starting with at the very beginning and the risk management. And like, I love that you're ending with marketing because it's a call to action. It's like, okay, now you know what to do, go forth. So I think that's fantastic. So I understand that the UAB faculty fellows actually receive some compensation for their participation in this program, which I think is very, very impressive and, and truly a testament to the work that you're doing and the, and the commitment on behalf of UAB to, to, to education abroad. So could you talk a bit all about the, the compensation structure? It is very common at UAB, these fellows programs come with a little compensation. So I was able to carve out in my budget an equal compensation, but we structure it a little bit different. We give the faculty $1,500 upon completion of the faculty fellows to invest into their faculty-led program. And so what our goal is, is that money then helps reduce the faculty cost to the students. So essentially, we're helping remove cost and lower program fees for students. So on average, pre-pandemic, our programs were recruiting about 10, 11 students. So that would be $150 per student um, that we were able to reduce the cost. This year, they're a little bit larger, um, but a lot of our faculty have also, we received the IDEAS grant to support this initiative. And so it was $3,000 per program. So it really still made a significant impact in our recruiting because Zach, as you and I know, getting the program off the ground the very first year is the hardest year. And so by us investing in the faculty and giving them this money to reduce their program fees, it sets them up for recruitment success when they go out and launch their program. That's fantastic. So you have the, you know, the contribution from the university, but also the grant fund from, from ideas. 
that's impressive to, to bring those two funds together to really yes. reduce the cost for students and also, you know, make the faculty have a direct contribution in being able to, to bring the cost down for students. Yes. So we know that, that faculty are at the heart of learning and that education abroad is a high impact practice, actually. And in your experience, how have you seen faculty engagement be integral to education abroad at UAB? Faculty engagement here is core to what our students do. I'm as a research one institution, our students are engaged with our faculty consistently, and they are always seeking out a high impact practice to stand out, to move up to the next level that they're planning to do. And so by having our faculty engaged in faculty led programs, is really bringing along students that would have never taken a pause for a semester to go do a study abroad experience. And instead getting them to go do a three week experience, getting to do the research on site and seeing that, wait, this is really important. I now want to study abroad for a semester. And so our faculty have been just an absolute key to success for seeing growth here at UAB with our student body studying abroad. You're a woman of many talents and interests, Ashley. And I recall sitting in on one of your sessions a couple of months ago about learning outcomes for, for short-term education abroad programs. But it sounds like you have some, some outcomes of your, of your faculty fellows programs as well. So I would love to hear about some of the, the results and the wins of the faculty fellows program now that it's have a couple years under its belt. To date, we have 23 faculty fellow alumni, and the wins that we have within this program are numerous. We have launched programs. We have a doctoral program for occupational therapy, traveling to South Africa um, to do a lot of hands-on occupational therapy engagement. That was a program that they never thought they could do until they went through the faculty fellows program. And all of a sudden they were like, we can do this. Like, let's make this happen. Um, we also have a program that goes to Kenya and really engages in service learning with women's, women's education and helping the girls stay in school so that they are not married off early. They're learning about menstrual health and the menstrual cycle and helping set up that community for menstrual education. And that's something that we're really proud of to see come out of this program. So it is something we talk about in the faculty fellows is how do we make these meaningful experiences? How do we make sure we're not tourists on site, but instead engaged learners and there's a reciprocity happening. Um, And I feel very fortunate the faculty I have here at UAB are ones that are invested in that type of opportunity. Um, I feel very lucky there. And so what is your approach, Ashley? How, how do you go about engaging faculty in a way that both allows their expertise to shine and in a way that supports your office's mission and goals as well as that of the institution? We really try to promote that we're here to work alongside the faculty and support them letting them shine in their expertise, but giving them the resources, providing them with the connection with our partners in the field to strengthen what they want to do. So 
a lot of times my faculty will come in and say, I have a really strong interest in leading a program to Spain to focus on the history of law because that's where the oldest law documents reside, but they don't have the logistical components. They don't have the idea of what risk management pieces we need to be thinking about. And so bringing in our partners to say, we're here to support you. Here's some partners that are expertise in the field and allowing that connection to happen and standing beside the faculty to advocate for the faculty, but also advocate for our office and the health, safety, security aspects that we're always looking at really kind of combines together nicely. That's fantastic. And and, in your view, Ashley, what are the essentials of a quality faculty-led program? So this really leans on the research that I have taken part in over the last three years, looking at what can really support global competency outcomes. Um, So looking at programs that are really engaged on site, that are working with local entities, whether it's having business visits, meeting with students from another university on site, having a guest professor from a local institution, um, doing homestays, meaningful homestays, not just one night homestays, but like engaged immersive homestays, doing research on site. Those types of aspects to me are really what can help move a program into being a meaningful program that derives outcomes. And that, that was something we saw in the research that I partook in um, was those on-site engagement pieces can really help accelerate that. Uh, so truly like, you know, utilizing the place to tap into to student learning and things like that. So what's one example where your collaboration with faculty stakeholders led to a result that you didn't expect? Oh, I think my faculty fellows last year are the ones that I can directly point to. I initially concepted the faculty fellows program to directly lead to faculty-led programs. We established the first cohort in 2019, 2020. We all know what 2020 brought us. But last year, my faculty really pushed us in a different direction that I was so excited about. They, out of that program, I have two faculty independently that have proposed and launched virtual engagement programs. Both of them have run, they're going to be running for a semester long engagement with comparative studies. And so I find that very intriguing that they're stepping out of the box and challenging us to even think bigger and bolder than just the traditional faculty-led programming. And and so it's even challenged me to think bigger and bolder as an education abroad office of how can we make sure we're being accessible to all students through these different facets we now have available to us. And what advice would you give to someone working on a campus where there isn't necessarily a history of strong faculty engagement, but who wants to begin this type of work? Find your champions on campus. Those champions, although it may just be one or two, can help be the domino effect. Get them involved. Make them 
feel valued and engaged and see how you can support them because they're going to be the stakeholders that can spread the word across campus and really help build your program. My faculty fellows are the ones helping spread the word. So now that I have 21, each of them are talking to two different faculty and all of a sudden there's this domino effect of more faculty wanting to get engaged, wanting that funding, wanting that that experience on their yearly reviews for promotion and tenure. And so it's become a mainstay on campus that faculty want to be engaged in. That's fantastic. And so how does someone go about identifying who might be in their circle of champions on a campus? I think it's getting engaged yourself on campus and talking to people, being on committees, sending out the cold emails to see if you can get a response, hearing who's doing some type of activity. If they're doing a service learning activity, they may be interested in making that bigger and doing it international. Have those discussions with them. I think it's all about getting out there, making your office visible, knowing that sometimes you're going to be rejected and you have to be okay with that. Because if if you're rejected by them, you're going to be accepted by someone else on campus and you're going to be able to foster that relationship and your domino is going to start in a different place than maybe you originally anticipated. I love that. Yeah. So really just kind of sensing the lay of the land and, and trying things. And if it doesn't work, trying something else and, yeah. and, and just kind of experimenting. And so my next question is, is very related to this, actually. How do we carve out time for overarching priorities, strategy, outreach, like the stuff that you're talking about, when the day-to-day of our work can be so consuming? We've probably gotten 30 emails each in the past 20 minutes we've been talking. Uh, so how do you balance it, actually? I think for me, when this opportunity presented itself, I knew that this was important and that this could be a game changer on UAB's campus. And so I had to look at some of the other work I had on my plate and could I delegate it to someone else on my team so that I could focus on growing education abroad at UAB. And because I was so excited about it, I didn't see it as a workload. I didn't see it as a burden. In fact, I can distinctly remember I was headed to a conference and I was in the plane writing notes about this fellowship and how I wanted to design it and what I wanted it to look like because I didn't see it as a burden and I wasn't dreading working on it. And so carving out the time for stuff that excites you that you know will benefit the office and learning to, to delegate some of the other items that even if it's a temporary delegation of, I need you to take this on while I focus on this new initiative for a few weeks to get it off the ground, finding where you can give and take in your schedule. Fantastic. And what has been the most important lesson that you've learned throughout the course of your work with faculty fellows at UAB? Faculty have really opened up and been excited to lead a program, but have respected that I come with expertise. I may not carry the PhD on my, on my title, but I have the on-ground practitioner 
experience and that I really am able to provide them with the tools to make them successful. They bring the academics and there's a mutual respect between us. They bring the academics and I really lean on them to be the academic expert. And I can be that practitioner expert, giving them the knowledge and equipping them to to bring together the best program possible. So what is the biggest challenge you're facing at work right now? And how are you tackling it? I think the biggest challenge for us has been we were on pause for 23 months from the pandemic. And we had just launched a scholarship initiative right before the pandemic. And getting donors re-engaged in our scholarship initiatives has been difficult because everybody shifted their focus, rightfully so, during the pandemic and getting them to refocus. So I am currently working with like our development team to create some campaigns with our students that have just recently studied abroad. And that's also been the challenge because I don't have a deep alumni base right now that's on campus. And so how can I engage my student alumni to help tell their story and how this has been a life-changing experience when there's not that deep base to pull from? And so working with development to come up with how we do that has has been challenging but fun and I'm excited to reshift the focus there and really work on scholarships for our students. Yeah, I'm impressed by your intentionality when it comes to engaging with other units on campus. So not just, you know, academic units and faculty, but also, you know, the development office. What an untapped market that not many of our colleagues in education abroad have spent much time cultivating. So that's that's really impressive. And so as you think about faculty fellows and and related initiatives that you're excited about moving forward. What's next? I am re-envisioning faculty fellows for this next academic year. We've always done it on a year-long cycle. And this next year, we are going to re-envision it to do it on a fall semester cycle to help our faculty extend the timeline from completion of the fellowship to deadline of proposal to give them that time to work with our partners and really not feel rushed and also truncate it down into a semester. So it keeps them really focused and keeps the information fresh. I am hopeful that by doing this, we're going to see even more proposals come through, but also it'll allow me to to look at how can I engage my academic advisors across campus and possibly do some type of engagement in the spring semester, similar to what we do with the faculty, but with advisors across campus and making them our champions and our engaged individuals across campus. And that's exciting. And so how are you how are you thinking through that? Like, you know, distinguishing the the almost curriculum you've built for the faculty versus the advisors. Like, what are the differences in the things that they need to know? So many differences. <laughs> so with the advisors, looking at giving them the toolkit to talk to their students, um, really 
informing them about the different program opportunities we have and how we can work with them to integrate programs into the curriculum map they have for their students. So it'll be a completely different shift. We're not expecting our advisors to build programs, but instead making them informed advocates across campus about the scholarships, the different types of programs, what programs are the best fits for their students and how the, the course articulations can work for their degree. And so really focused a little bit different, but building that base because our advisors are the first people to talk with our students and removing the, no, you can't study abroad, but instead here's where we can typically build it into your four-year degree plan. Here's the programs we recommend. And so working with our advisors in that way. I love the phrase that you used, uh, informed advocates. Yeah. What a great outcome for this. So just a few more questions for you left, my friend. So this year, we are celebrating World Stride's 55th anniversary by collecting the life-changing moments of participants on our programs, as well as of our, our alumni. It's been a lot of fun to read everyone's stories. And I'd love to ask about your experiences. So Ashley, what was your life-changing moment when you were, when you were young and, and studying abroad? I think my life-changing moment, I mean cliche to say, but at the whole study abroad experience. But what stands out to me is arriving in Edinburgh, Scotland, not having my luggage for a week, but persisting through and getting through that adversity and understanding who I was as an individual. And that this was, this was an experience for me to really integrate into and learn about my strengths, my opportunities and different cultures and quickly realizing that this was my calling, that this is what I wanted to do to the point I, I changed my degree while I was abroad and knew that I need, needed and wanted to go on and do an MBA to stay engaged in this field. Um, so yeah. That's fantastic. You know, I love talking with colleagues in our field who have an, an MBA, you know, because I think it brings a, a unique and specific skill set to our work that not everyone has. So maybe you could talk about that a little bit. How has is, how is your MBA informed uh, your approach to your work? So I think my MBA has really given me the business mindset to look at everything and understand that we are a business within the university at the end of the day. And as much as that term can be cringeworthy, we have to make decisions to help us operate. We have customers, our students are our customers, and we need to be serving them. We need to be analyzing what we offer, the products we offer to our students to make sure it's fitting their needs. So really looking at everything we do in those business mindsets, but also understanding our customers are our students and we have to, to meld that together with the business mindset to really serve them appropriately. Absolutely. As you think about education abroad in 2023, what makes you hopeful? The new passion that I'm seeing, um, I don't know about everybody else, but starting 2023, I have felt more invigorated in what I'm doing. 
I have felt more optimistic and hopeful. I have seen the passion coming from our students that they want these experiences. They're ready for it. I have seen the engagement across campus that stakeholders across campus are ready to provide this opportunity for our students and support them. And in the field, I feel like we've just gone through one of the hardest times many of us are probably going to go through in the field, but we're coming out of this more passionate and more invigorated to make these experiences possible for our students. Well, I can't imagine a better place to end it than right there. Ashley Nyer, thank you so much for your time and and for sharing your expertise with us today. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode of Changing Lives Through Education Abroad. I'm your host, Zach McGinnis, and make sure to join us next week as we continue to explore topics around international education and exchange. Please subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. Let's create life-changing moments together.